Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so excited you're joining us here today in the beautiful Middleby Residential Showroom here in the Merchandise Mart, here with my favorite co-host, Chef Jamie Larita. <laughs> Margaret, it's been a while. I know. It's great to, to be back. I had a little detour, as uh, many of you might know. <laughs> broke my knee and I'm in the process. Well, you're not the only leg. one. I know. I broke I my know. whole leg. I know. Is this a competition? <laughs> only a knee? No, oh. no. no. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm deathly afraid right now. Because <laughs> these here. happen in threes. Well, no, do you want to know the truth? Don't mess with gravity. Ah. There you go. Wise you go. advice. Well, you, we... Our wonderful friend and guest needs no introduction. Ina Pinkney, the breakfast queen, and I am so excited you are here today. And Chef Jamie, I am so honored that we will be emceeing the Meals on Wheels Celebrity Chef Ball on November 8th. We'll make sure we have a link to this. And it's all to honor Ina. I know. I asked the executive director. I said, that's really quite wonderful. How come you're honoring me? Is it because I've outlived everybody? (laughs) And she said, yes. So, but it's terrific, isn't it? This is, and We're going to have a lot of so fun. Much. Yeah. It is. It is. And Meals on Wheels does so much for the community here in Chicago. You know, 30 years ago, I was in a room where Gail Green and James Beard were having a discussion with George Lang, for whom I worked, and they were talking about how difficult it was to figure out how to feed the elders in New York City. Actually, it was longer than that, I shouldn't say, in the 70s, because the Chicago chapter is 30 years old now. And so I felt like I was sort of at the beginning of people thinking about how are we going to feed nourishing food in a nurturing environment when people are stuck and they can't get the food they need and they have to stay at home. So it was really, it was quite wonderful and I supported it from the very beginning because I knew how essential it was. And then I didn't realize how it would impact me when I fell and broke my leg and needed surgery and then I was home and I was sitting in my house thinking I can't cook I can't see the top of the stove and I can't see the bottom of the sink and how am I going to figure this out and lucky for me because of who I know Chef Tai Dang and his beautiful wife Danielle they just showed up with food and so I was able to eat in my own home But I thought about all of the people in Chicago who now have that opportunity because of Meals on Wheels. Mm -hmm. And Margaret, you're also really passionate about Meals on Wheels. I'll never forget one day when I was on the phone with Margaret. And it was the craziest phone call I I had ever had with Margaret. And as you know, they can get kind of crazy. They can get kind of crazy. And Margaret is like, oh, just wait. She was pulling over. She's in her car. And I'm like, what the heck is she doing? And over... What did you hit a pothole or something? Something. Some, oh no, a branch, a uh, tree branch. Was and she's driving, and come to find out that she's delivering meals uh, yeah. for someone in need. So Margaret, you actually go out and deliver the meals. 
Yes, I do. And, well, not lately. I need to, <laughs> to wait till my leg Are we going to have a handicap <laughs> ramp here at this event? We will. We're going to we need will. one. You're going to bring that car with you? Uh, actually, we're going to take a close-up later. Okay. Close-up. I'll show you my scar if you'll show me yours. Oh, wow. Oh, my. I got a couple okay. scars, too, ladies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, this is good. This is going to be such yeah. a celebration yes. because you are someone who should always be celebrated, and you've done so much. How many cookbooks is it that you've written uh, at this point? Only one. It's a memoir cookbook, and I only have one story to tell. Yes. So it's a memoir cookbook, and we've just had it reprinted. And, and so it's a paperback now, and it's available wherever you like to buy your books. Um, and I wanted to tell the stories of how I began. I had polio when I was 18 mm-hmm. months old, and how did I get to where I am today, and what did I learn along the way? Hmm. And so there's a lot of memories in there, but there's a lot of lessons, too. I mean, one of the lessons is it's better to eat a small piece of something real than a big piece of something fake. Hmm. Is that not a good lesson? That's a great lesson. That's a good lesson. That's only one of the many treasures. That resonates on so many levels for me. And there's also a picture in here in the 60s when I was really hot. You're still hot. I bet you you people stop you on the street. (laughs) Do people stop me in the street? Yeah, they do. And sometimes they say... Who are you? Oh, see? Oh, look. look. I know. Um, uh, dead yes. ringer for Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Barbara Streisand. We all looked like her in the 60s. Aww. You know, I mean, but you makeup. really do. Yeah, I did. I had a look. Oh, and who's wow. this gentleman? That this handsome man. That was my fabulous former husband. Oh, wow. Who sailed around the world solo and became the first black sailor to ever do that. Now, he looks like wow. he could be an earth, wind, and fire. Oh, I oh, love yeah, that, that they, they have, He had that look. Right? That look. So there you go. You guys are so, two celebrities right there. There oh. was an article in the New York Times a few weeks ago about our perfect, called The Perfect Divorce. Huh. And it made the New York Times Sunday style section. Oh, of course it did. Wow. And so it's in there, and it's very cool. And there's lots of pictures of me uh, when I was very young. Oh, but you are such an icon in, in Chicago still. Thank I mean, you. you are so recognizable. And people, you know, I'll never forget the kitchen chat that we did. Mm-hmm. And you helped us open up the showroom where we make we made your frittata. I'll never forget oh, that day. it was a great frittata. Right, so it was a yes. great, And I love that recipe. Can I tell you that I've used that so yes. many times? I hear that it's from a, a lot of chefs. It really is. It's a solid recipe. You can't go wrong. In the book. It's in the yes. book. And, the and I've also referenced a lot of these recipes in the book. The great thing about your cookbook is that the recipes actually work. Yes. I know. I was so surprised to pick up a couple of cookbooks in the, over the past few years, and I open them up, and you just look at it, and you know it's not going to work. Right. Mm. And, you just, and, and sure enough, it's just something's wrong. They right. don't do enough testing. Right. But we did this you know, day in and day out. We made this food. Well, this, so is we a, this is a book, in all sincerity, that actually you can go to where the recipes work. And for me... That's, That's so everything. important. Yeah, because it's like you don't have time sometimes to, to fail. Right. Like, you know, when you're dealing with catering and things right. like that. These are go-to recipes. And from your restaurant yes. as well. Everything. And we also have to chat about her documentary. There is a documentary there about is. Tell us about her this. as well. So um, I had made the announcement that we were going to be closing in four months. This was in September of 13, and we were going to be closing on New Year's Eve. And, excuse me, um, about a month later, a young couple called me and said, we make documentaries and we'd like to come and talk to you. So they came and we had breakfast and they had never been to the restaurant before and we had never met before. And they said, we would like to document the last 31 days of Ina's. 
And I thought three things. Number one, my staff was used to having cameras around because we got global press. We were very lucky. Number two, my customers were used to having microphones in their face because we got a local press, lots of that. And selfishly, three, I thought, at least I'll know what happened here. I'll be able to see the last 31 days in case we're so busy. And so I said yes. But I said, here's the deal. I will promise to tell you an honest, open, and transparent story if you promise to retell it with integrity. And as you'll see, we both kept our promises. Wow. So Breakfast at Ina's is on Amazon and Vimeo. And I know it's two ninety nine to rent. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm worth two ninety nine. I was in the old days. And so you should go and look at it because it is so well done and so thoughtful and traces my history. And then to the moment that I locked the door. Hmm. It's lovely. And I just can't imagine that moment of locking the door. You mean the relief? Yeah. The, and the joy? The joy? Okay. Bittersweet. Yes. No, just sweet. Just sweet. Oh. <laughs> because you were bitter. Well, everybody knows how hard the business yes, is. It's, yes, it's unbelievable. It's very hard. difficult. Yes. Right. And we did it uh, better than anybody, and I knew it was time. Mm-hmm. My walking had become more challenging because of post-polio. And so I knew it was really time to go. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we did it with grace, and we did it with integrity, and that was all I cared about. I have to ask you, it's uh, something that I'm thinking about as we're speaking together with the whole you know, movement of powerful women in the industry mm-hmm. today. I mean, you really sort of forged the way for a lot of that here yes. in the city. Let me tell you the best part of all of that is there is great power in being underestimated. Mm. Nobody took me seriously. Oh, she's, wow, she's 48 years old and she's opening a restaurant and she just does breakfast and lunch? Please. How serious could that be? I changed the landscape of breakfast forever in Chicago, hmm. making a fine dining breakfast restaurant with dishes nobody had ever seen, with big flavors and unusual. I mean, I was putting Brussels sprouts in the vegetable hash in 1990. Nobody wow. was doing Brussels sprouts. And people would push them aside. They'd give back the plate, and they were all the Brussels sprouts <laughs> on the side. Should have saved them. I could have made a salad. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It was, like, it was so funny to see people just didn't know what they were eating, but they knew they loved it. Right. So, yeah, great power in being underestimated. What was the number that. one dish that, that, that was known at Inez? Well, we had a couple that were constantly ordered. You know, we did a, pre, a P-mix at the end of the day, a product mix, to see mm-hmm. what was selling. And omelets will always out, outstrip everything because people need comfort. They need to know when they walk in the door um, that they're going to have something that's familiar, even if they eat the other things that are not. But the heavenly hots pancakes, the mm. small, thin, sour cream pancakes that <laughs> melt in your mouth. Poor Margaret. Those are the ones. Poor what? Margaret's been on a plant-based diet. I know. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Margaret. I know. I know. <laughs> I know the chef so is feeding her. I yeah, love him. Yeah. So um, that was one thing. The frittata, big. And the, mm. our version of the scrapple. Uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch dish, but it had no pork in it. It was just a vegetarian version of that. All my dishes were vegetarian. You had to add meat to the plate. Yes. We didn't make oh. anything with meat in it, but nobody knew that because if you said vegetarian, they would go, oh, no, give me. We knew what we were doing. Yes. It was all about flavor and texture and visual. and right. you know, I knew what I was doing. And you are known as the breakfast queen. <laughs> was there someone who named you? Is there a story behind that name? There is. I, I gave it to myself. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Well, who, uh, I mean, uh, 
<laughs> and your license even has breakfast. breakfast. It says breakfast on it, and that's my my email as well. Can I be the lunch queen? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. This, yeah. I guess that's what I am. Yeah, yeah, right. At the end of the day, I become the lunch queen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I had a great, great run. I mean. Um, 11 years at a, at a bakery. I had a, a bakery business mm -hmm. first. I taught myself how to bake my first cake when I was 37 years old. And then I made this business. And then I moved it into a breakfast restaurant because butterflower, sugar, and eggs makes cakes, but it makes morning food. And there wasn't anything in Chicago like this, mm -hmm. nothing. <laughs> you know, you would go to a diner and they would pour you coffee and you would just make it bearable you know, with sugar and some milk, and it was not good, but you just went, okay, okay, I, I, I'll make this do, you know? And the minute you put it to your lips and you knew it wasn't great, somebody would come by with a pot, can I warm that up for you, honey? And if you say yes, it ruins it forever. And if you say no, you never see her again for the entire, right? <laughs> that was what that breakfast was in right. the 80s. It was insipid, it was terrible. And I said, no, this is not okay with me. And I just recreated the whole experience. You know, with great thermal pots of really good coffee. We couldn't even get coffee in Chicago. There were no roasters. I mean, Stewart's that's changed. Was, Stewart's was all we had. Huh. And I used that when I... I used to get it imported from Seattle. Right. I mean, it's changed. I mean, you... you we have 28 roasters now that I know of. Wow. That's amazing. But I had to ship it in. Oh, my God. Now that, uh, now that Inus is gone, where do you go now? Where does the breakfast queen go for breakfast? Yes. Well, lucky for me, I was doing a book talk one night. And Monica Eng was the moderator. And she said, have you ever met the food editor at the Trib? And I said, no. She said, well, Joe is here, and I'll introduce you after. And I said, I'd like to thank him for all the column inches that they've given us over the years. So I want to say thank you. At the end, there was a Q&A, and a woman in the back raises her hand. And she goes, so Ina, where are you eating breakfast now? And one head in the whole place went like this and like this. And I went, oh. That must be Joe. He loves her question, but he wants my answer. I just got a column. And the next day I wrote to him and I said, I would like to do a column once a month, go to three places, have a conversation with you about those places, not a critical food review, just a way of telling people where to have breakfast. And I've been doing that for five years. Wow, that's amazing. amazing. I got, oh, by the way, he wrote back right away and said, when I saw you wanted to do a column, I knew I wanted you in the trip. Oh. Here's a contract. Wow. How perfect. I know. So what trends do you see happening within oh, breakfast? Are things yes. changing? Very much so. We have a lot, of, um, a lot of food that we've never seen before, and I'm calling that sort of the immigrant kitchen. Yes. Um, I was at a restaurant in Fairfax, Virginia, and they had this Turkish egg. And I said to the manager, tell me about this. He says, well, we have a young man from Turkey here who came over when there was problems there and there wasn't jobs and they got visas. This was about five or six years ago. And he would make this for himself for breakfast. And we all said, well, what is this? It was yogurt with dill and garlic and they would mix it all up and then he'd put a nice big poached egg on top mm. and then he'd put a, um, a chili oil. So, I mean, things are happening all over with new ingredients and flavors and textures, but it, it really is from what about, all What about, world. you know, there's such a big push right now, and Margaret, as you mm. know, with plant-based. Yes. Ten years ago it was the movement, or even more now, with organics. Now it's like you see plant-based. I'm looking at billboards and everything is now plant-based. What's your, what's your thought process mm. about that? There's a lot of stuff coming up that is pretty good tasting and others just awful, just like when we had low-fat stuff and when we had bad food. Um, so you're going to have to, it'll sort itself out. 
I've had the Impossible Burger and I've had the other burgers and they certainly do taste like a burger and have the feeling if you need it. But I have a feeling we're going to find out they're just as bad for us as the meat. I and, agree with you. And mm. so it's going to it's going to find its level, you know. It's, yeah. it's like everything was marked no cholesterol, even bananas when that first happened. Mm. It's going to go away. Mm-hmm. It's going to go away. Well, I thought of you the other day because Chef Choi made a frittata uh. for me. <laughs> I don't know how or what <laughs> the ingredients are, but I'm like, oh, Ina. <laughs> he used to make me soy pancakes. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to go to his. He, he fed me every morning for years. I used to go to his little restaurant on Irving Park. What a I'm small not, right. world. I love David. What a small, yeah. small world. I used to go there before work. Wow. It was fun. It was fun. So here we are having this delicious conversation. Yes. And can we talk about the delicious food that we're going to be having at this event? Yes. Absolutely. And I can't wait for us to sample the delicious food in a moment, really? too. Well, as you know, with, with Meals on Wheels, they're attracting the best of the best in Chicago. So we have... Um, some chefs that are going to be coming in this showroom that are going to be featured um, even today. And do you want to talk about your buddy? Yeah. Who we have today? So he's really kind of like my son. Okay. Um, he used to come into my restaurant with his wife early in the morning on Sunday, and he had really long hair in those days, and he wore a headband, and his hair was all over the place, and he'd sit in the front table, and I would feed him fried chicken and waffles, and he was so happy. And he said to me, you have to come to my restaurant. And I went, oh, I'm too busy. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's right down the street. This is when he was at MBA. Oh, yeah, you have to come. And so one day he said to me, okay, this is the last time that we're coming to you. And I said, Why? He said, because you've never been to my restaurant. And I went, okay, that's fair. That's fair. And that day he took all the chicken bones because he ate them right down to the, and he wrote Ina's in chicken bones on the plate. And I said to Shauna, my general manager, you know what? We just got busted. We have not gone to eat his food. And now he's really upset. And I love him too much. And we have to go. So he said he would start cooking for us at 4.30. We went there. We sat in the bar area, and he started bringing out food. And all I could say was, oh, I can't believe we haven't been here before. Oh, my God, this is so good. I mean, he was writing your name in chicken bones. You better believe. That's he was serious. He yeah, was that's, serious. Like, that's like part of a spell. It could have been voodoo. Yeah, we don't know. But Chefs have that thing. He has that thing. <laughs> and so and that's how we first took care of each other by feeding each other. And then his mom came, went over at Haisu to make the first pho. And she came over to me and she leaned in and she goes, when I hear, he mine. When I go, he yours. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I've so seen. we have, um, we're going to extend this kitchen chat yes. today and we're going to go into our kitchen. I love that. Yes, with Chef Tai Dang. And I cannot wait. I didn't want to say his name. I was afraid I was going to screw it up. That's why I was waiting for Tai Dang. Tai Dang. See, I would have said Tai Dang. Tai Dang. Yes. Tai Dang. Tai Dang, Tai Dang. So this will be, and and the ingredients I'm seeing I have not seen before. So this is going to be so much fun to discover. It is. New flavors, new textures. Well, I can't wait, Margaret, to do this event. I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. I think we're going to do a great (laughs) job at emceeing. I mean, it's kind of easy. Can I say one thing which I find fascinating before we go over and have our cooking segment? 
This is unlike other events because every chef gets three tables of ten. They get a little pod of tables, and the chef cooks for just those tables. So you will have a different meal than somebody sitting at the other side of the room. It'll still be fabulous because they're going to make us a three, four, or five course meal somewhere else. But each chef gets their own three tables, so you can interact with the chefs. Oh, that's amazing. How many people are 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 set to come to this event? You know, I don't know what the numbers are, but we are. They're around eight hundred last year. But we are going to offer a discount on the tickets for Kitchen Chat. Did you know that? Oh, yes. A $50 off at the Kitchen Chat. Yes. If you go online. We will have a a link and with instructions. You don't want to miss this. Also, it's wonderful. Yes, we'll be celebrating Ina. You'll get to see Jamie. You'll get to meet all these wonderful chefs. And Margaret. And eat. (laughs) And eat. But also, you will be helping the Chicago community. Yes. And that is what is so important. And thank you for all that you have done and do for helping others. This is what we, as you well know, when you do the right thing, it just feels good. It does. That's great right. advice. Okay. Great advice. Right I always do. I try. I try my I best. Know, I feel too. honorably. Me too. Okay. Oh, we ready to roll? Let's go eat and cook. Or cook and eat. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome to the second half of Kitchen Chat here in the Viking Showroom, Suite 137 in the Merchandise Mart, with our special guest. And I'm not going to get his name wrong. His name is Ty Dung. Dung. That's what I said, Dom, from High Sue Restaurant. And today, we're going to talk about this great dish that you're going to prepare with our friend, Ina Pinkney, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm going to leave it to you guys. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you for that. Well, you know, my name is a Chinese last name. So, a lot of, so like, true pronunciation is Tai Dang, but everyone's Dang, so Tai Dang. So I'm fine with that, too. So. <laughs> just, just call them. Yeah, just call <laughs> But, you know, today I... I, I want to demo and, and, and also for, for the event to showcase Vietnamese, you know, uh, cuisine. It's so beautiful Is and vibrant. Is it possible that you were chosen one of 26 of the best Vietnamese restaurants in America? Yes. Yes. By oh, is that <laughs> funny? I would know that. By I'm ashamed. Thrillist? I'm ashamed. Yeah. Why? I'll tell you why I'm ashamed. Why? Because I've never been there. <gasps> I'm ashamed. Oh, okay. I'm ashamed of myself. And Just I, like how I know didn't come I'm going to step back. Don't you dare write my now. name in bones. <laughs> and I here. Chef Jamie, do you remember when uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel was here and he specifically mentioned he really yes. enjoys high soup? Yes. Yes. I saw oh, him. yeah. He, yeah. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, we, we did it with uh, Steve Delinsky and yes. we just barely opened and all the staff was so excited and, and I literally the, uh, show him this, this cooking vessel that uh, I brought from Vietnam. And when you come to Hai Su, all the grill items that you have, uh, like enjoy, will be cooked off of this lal dut, which is called like clay pot vessel that my mom used to cook off back in Vietnam. And you see street vendors having it. They have a handle, so that way it's like transportable, so that you know when the cops come, you go to the next spot. You know, but uh, no, it's it's really cool. And 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 uh, my kitchen guy designed this one thing, and and the mayor is like, uh, uh, can I check your kitchen out? And I was like, yeah, of course. He's like. And I'm the only one that could shut your kitchen down. So, yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> so it was really cool to do that. But, uh, yeah, you know, Vietnamese food um, is full of, like, nuance, of, like, texture. It's the, it's the most refined cuisine of Southeast Asia, you know, with, with French colonizing us and 
uh, with Chinese and Japanese occupying it. Uh, Vietnam, being there right next to Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, our spices, our herbs, our curry are all lighter. Uh, it's really uh, cool. And what I'm holding here is a banana blossom. And uh, this is where bananas come from. And I'll show you uh, what I mean by that. So tell me, where do you um, source your stuff? I have never seen a banana blossom for sale at Mariano. No, no, definitely not. Okay. You know, this is a, an Asian market, and especially a Vietnamese market, that brings this stuff in for us. Uh, but Vietnamese, uh, we use this. So this is the banana. This is the bunches of banana. This is the flower, which will eventually become the banana. I am freaking. Isn't that crazy? So hold that, Ina. I will. And Thank then watch. Uh, I'll cut further. Look at this. It keeps going, right? And it gets really beautiful in color when it's fresh. It's nice little oh my hue. God. But, it, you know, this is the bunches that just hang out. So, Wait a second. I'm, I'm confused. So when, it, when it's like this and the fruit starts to get mature, uh, this thing starts to expand uh, exponentially open. Oh, wow. and open up. And, and these so become the bananas? These become the bunches of bananas. What? Yes. Isn't it's really cool. So don't eat that. No, I'm not. Uh, I want to smell um, it. I'm going to. I made a mistake by not telling someone at the Grand Cru when I did a demo with this. Someone just, you know, uh, oh, ate very it. Bitter. Oh my God, so bitter. Yeah, um, like an like like unripe. Yeah, but Thai uh, and what mostly Indian cuisine, they they blanch this in salted water, uh, and then they keep blanching in several processes, and then they make curry with it. Oh. So for vegetarians. It's amazing. It's um, really. So I for have no idea. for us, I, you could eat the leaves blown. raw, and you could eat it. Cooked. So we put it in salads. So the best way is so you like take a large it. endive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you don't want to eat like an endive and garnish it like that. It's it's uh it's not uh it's great not uh, on its own. It's not cute. Yeah, not at all. Um, so what we do is I like so my mom has this technique where she shaves it by hand, really thin. But uh, I like to just take it apart because I love. Finding the, all the different layers. You oh, see? Look at that. Look oh at that. my God, it's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's, it's just. Yeah. Look at the so geometry. Uh huh. I mean, Mother Nature is amazing mm -hmm. um, in that process. And so, see, you keep peeling it out. Oh, and it is I'm more. Away. I've Same. never right? seen it. It gets more tender. But the cool thing is, the more you keep going into it, the more the tender the leaves are, and then you're able to make salads. The outer part, which is, you see, That's the original. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's more fibrous, Yeah. right? So this one is more tender. Oh, yeah, it kind of reminds right? me so, of an artichoke in a way. Yeah. 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 So, yes, so you, okay. this one, they would shave really thin, and hot boiling soup, you put it in, and it sort of wilted a little bit. Great texture. Um, you make curries. Does it have a flavor on, on, on its, its own? own? You want to try it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so look, um, cut it up. I feel like there's something very medicinal about this. Yes. It's too it's too extreme not to be nutritious. So you want to cut it as thin as possible. Look at that. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna turn in my knives. Okay, that's it. Oh my god, here Margaret. Here. Oh thank you. Anna. But you smell that? Smell mm -hmm. it. Uh -huh. mm. Oh it's yes. lovely, right? It smells like um Oh, it smelled, oh, it smelled so like a vacation. So what we right? do is, literally, in ice water, yeah. boom. So at the restaurant, when Love we it. make these salads, we, I tend to get the guys to do this, um, get it out, uh, the outer leaves. But then the, the inner parts, I, I call it the heart. Um, and this is cool. If, when I cut it this way. <gasps> Look, how Look how beautiful, beautiful that is. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. See? So you, you can just see why when this stem gets 
mature. It just grows bigger and bigger and bigger, exposing yeah. all this, and that's the bunches of bananas that come that's off crazy. the tree. That's, that's crazy to me. That's the How best crazy. thing. That's, so, you can stop right there. We can you can't right. go any Thank further. <laughs> what I like to do is literally, um, I like to do it at a bias angle and really thin. Um, Look at him cutting. He's you feel bad? Oh. You feel really bad now, right? Thanks, <laughs> Ina. Thanks, Ina. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good until you no, came. No, no. <laughs> One of the things about Ty's cooking, and God knows I've eaten a lot of his food, thank God, over the years, is how balanced everything is. The textures all seem to come together. There's a crispy and then there's a soft and then there's a, a chewy. And, and the flavors, and he was talking about the spices, the Vietnamese spices, the balance is there. Nothing calls your mouth out. Nothing, nothing takes over your tongue. Nothing, nothing is out of whack. It's very balanced. Unbelievable. And that's his cooking um, to a tea. And then, you know, Vietnamese cuisine is not Vietnamese cuisine. Uh, if you don't have herbs, right? So uh, what we have here is culantro. It's a cousin, long distant cousin of cilantro. Oh, cilantro. But the cool cousin. Oh. The cool cousin, yeah. Cilantro. It's yeah. funny, like when we type it in or when I send off recipes, uh, everyone always like, did you mean cilantro? No. Because it's literally just taking the, the I and replacing it with the U, right? But here, it's also known as sawtooth herb. Can uh, I? Yeah, please do. Oh, please do. Yeah. Mm. Right? <coughs> then, really good. I love that. This is Say it with me. Dietol. Yeah. So Dietol is Vietnamese seashell. Mm. So when you have like a, you know, sushi Japanese cuisine and you have that leaf uh, that is with the uh, daikon, right? That is mm -hmm. shaped oh. really thin. It's not for garnish. You should eat it with your sushi, your sashimi. It cleanses mm. your palate. So take, take a bite and you will definitely understand. I just did that. Yeah. Mm. How great is that? Perfect. Oh, I, I love the scent. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing mm. uh, as far as like, you know, that's why Vietnamese food is so interesting with the nuance of flavor and texture. Yeah, it's almost perfumey in a way. Yeah, yeah. with all mm. these herbs in mm. it, right? Uh, depending on every single bite you have, it's totally different. So you're not having one singular like taste or flavor all the time. So when you have it in a salad, uh, in a noodle salad, in a soup, um, every single bite with different herbs pops different flavor, and then there's always texture. You know, we believe in balance. What you know? Thank you for saying. You know, my my food is balanced, but I think Vietnamese food by nature is balanced. But you have a yeah. particular palate. You have a very particular palate that is just, it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you it's for that. It's perfect. Um, and then the other one is uh, what they call is Vietnamese coriander, or we call it rau rum. Rau rum. And taste that. You would love that, Jamie. This is great with seafood. Wow. Steam seafood, grilled seafood, eat it raw in a salad. Yeah. So, so what, we, what we do is, you know, uh, so the banana blossom. So good. In, in ice, ice water, water just to get it uh, sort of like refresh it, get it crispy. But also it's young, right? And, and you want to get rid of all that um, uh, like tannin, tannic like flavor and texture of it and then all the sap that comes off of it. Uh, if you were to cut this, look, in a little bit, you see it starts to bleed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't want to eat it right away. Okay. 
mm-hmm. right? And it starts yeah. to get sticky on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that palate, it, it's not palatable. Um, so that's why we, we treat it in a way that... And just, it starts browning. Yeah, quite right, fast oxidizing well. really fast. Like a banana. Right? Mm-hmm. But in ice water and in a little bit of vinegar or like uh, an acid, mm-hmm. such as a uh, uh, lime or, or lemon, uh, mm-hmm. helps that. And it, it, it has great shelf life as well, too. And so for this okay. one dish, uh, I wanted to make this salad. In Vietnamese, we call salad goi, G-O-I. So you see on menus, but there's literally hundreds of combination. This one, we're going to do a little fun stuff. And this is using pomelo. Mm-hmm. So pomelo is like a grapefruit, but for Southeast Asia and South America, uh, it is one of the truest citrus all the other citrus that you had are hybrids. These are the true, like literally single, like or yep, the mothership. The OG. The wow. OG. So really cool is that. <laughs> see, you see, look at the oh, even oh, how big that is. Mm-hmm. But watch. Oh now smell the rind. So Vietnamese, we take the rind and we make dessert with it. Wow. Uh, we candy it. We do mm. so much. Uh, dis- a dessert is where we use the pith as well too, which is really amazing. So you know, in in other cultures, they use everything. You know, we, we cut it off, we sure. cut it throw off. it out, yeah. and then. Um, it reminds me of I just used the watermelon rind. Oh yeah, yeah. I pickled it. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I love it. That, I did yeah. that on yeah. the salad. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. I love the texture, but Vietnamese, they, what they do is they take this, mm-hmm. right, and right. Everyone thinks the pith is bitter. It's bitter. What they do is they take it. Smell that, right? They blanch it a couple wow. of times, and then they make it with sticky oh, rice in a dessert. Yeah. And oh, it's called chè bùi. It's so famous that. in wow. Vietnam that uh, not a lot of people make it because it's so laborious, right? Because you're taking this, transforming it into a dessert. But to get this to dessert, you have to blanch it like, you know, 20, 50 times, then incorporating with coconut milk, palm sugar, sticky rice, and all that stuff. But... Man, this dessert turns this thing into like this gelatinous kind of texture to it. You're making me feel less weird as a kid. I know. You know what I used to do? What? I used to peel oranges and then eat the the pith. Yes. I used to do that as a kid, and everybody would say, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "It's so delicious." It's so delicious. Sure, we uh, this in Southeast Asia, uh, we take this and and give it as gift during holidays. Yeah. Uh, it, it shows uh, prosperity. Um, you know, this is on the altar for anyone that is more of like, you know, Buddhist and, yeah. and religious ceremony. Uh, weddings, you see this on platters full of it, but bright with the stem and leaf, you know. Wow. That's why a lot of culture, you see fruits with leaves and stem on there. It just shows how rare a fruit is and, and, and prosperity of it. And you want to give the best of the best. Right. So right. you'll see these on altars and on weddings and platters and stuff. Ty, what inspired you to become a chef? Um, what inspired me to become a chef? Well, I don't, I'm the youngest of uh, six brothers and three sisters. Okay. Um, I never thought about being a chef, honestly. I, I didn't grow up like, oh man. Uh, but at one point, my, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, I would spend summers with him. It's, uh, it was like when I was like, I think uh, third grade or fourth grade. And uh, my parents would just send me to, to my sister's place because she was the first daughter in America to get married. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we left Vietnam, we lived in the Philippines as refugees. Then we landed in Champaign-Urbana, right? And then left from there to 
Northern Virginia. So that's where I grew up. So my brother and I literally would spend our summers just hanging out with her. She'd go to work and we'd just stay at her house, you know, just hanging out. But we will, I, I, I remember looking forward to, uh, for them to come home from work because then she would start making dinner. I'll, you know, hang out with my brother-in-law and then he'll turn on the TV and there it was, Iron Chef. The old school one. Oh, yeah. All the Japanese one. And I was like, oh, man, look how cool that is. But at the time, I didn't even really think about it, you know? And then I grow up and, and go into the school system. I wanted to be a designer. I wanted to be an architect. But I really didn't put a lot of effort into school. Um, uh, and it took my uh, history teacher to say, you know what? You're very creative what you do. You should become a chef. I was like, nah. You know, like, uh, I, I ignore that. I even ignore that comment that he made. And so then I was like, man, I need a job uh, right now. So I started at a bakery in my senior year. And, and uh, they didn't have a position for me. They wanted me to you know, be the cashier. And so I did that. And, and one day they're like, oh, man, can you, can you help us you know, decorate some, some cakes? I was like, I don't know. I've never done this. And then the, the baker like, made me show me how to make the cone, the conette, right, which I didn't know about the terminology yet. So then he was like, okay, now temper chocolate. We have it tempered. Put it in there, and you're going to start to learn. I want you to practice so that when we're in a you know, pinch, you can write happy birthday on these cakes for us. And, of course, I threw away so many of their chocolates. They were like, ah, I don't know if this kid is worth it or not. You know, like, but but I, I kept you know, trying at it, and, and I start suddenly getting really good. And then I start volunteering for events, and the husband and wife that were the owners uh, would do, you know, uh, farmer's market and, and did some baking and stuff, and I'll be like, can I come with you and, like, help you out? And so I did, and I'll help her, and I'll assist her while she's making a demo. I'll be like, here you go, you know, like, bring the stuff, and I was so eager. Uh, and then that just kind of sparked it in and, and, and pastry. And then, you know, all my friends went to uh, graduated, and here I was, uh, I didn't know. I didn't have any purpose. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I, uh, I should look into it. So I joined a community college that had a program. And while I was there, this instructor, uh, man, she was so loving. I think it's, you know, love is met with love, right? And, and, and it all goes to this, why, why we're here. And, and she, she just saw something in me, and she's like, hey, I have a catering company on the side. Do you want to be a part of it and, and help me? And that sparked it. You know, and then I just, one day I just told her, hey, I'm going to stop the program. I'm going to get myself into a real culinary school. And she's like, no problem, but will you still work with me? I said, yeah, of course. I, you know, she was paying me really well. You know, at that time, doing catering was awesome, right? It's like limited uh, time frame and all this stuff and hourly. Yeah, and it was just great. And so I did that. And and then I, I joined culinary school. But while I was school, she's like, well, there's this program. You could get a scholarship. Why don't you write an essay about your, your life and everything? And I did. And I wrote, I wrote about it, and, and it uh, uh, got me a scholarship, and I went into culinary school. Amazing. So, yeah. so there's a lot of people we that... Have so many, we have, we yeah. have, you've yeah. touched on so many yeah. <laughs> similar situations that so I was So let me in. tell you yeah. a great observation. When chefs start to talk, they stop cooking. <laughs> <laughs> They stop stirring, they stop clutter, they stop shutting. When you talk about something that is very passionate, right? It's like, oh, man. I know. Watch what you do. So we just take it out from from the segments, right? Get rid of the seed. Yeah. And then literally just take it apart like that. Wow. So what I made here is uh, nuk mam. Nuk mam toy is Vietnamese dressing. But when you say nuk mam, it means fish sauce. So this fish sauce is seasoned with garlic, chilies, uh, sugar, um, Citrus, but then added on to it is these pomelo. 
uh, sag, uh, oh, look at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that I have uh, marinated in there just to get some more flavor. Repeat those ingredients for me. So fish sauce, yep. uh, lime juice, sugar, sugar, chilies, and garlic. Right, so that's the base of nuk mam, so nuk cham, mm -hmm. where you see on a lot of you know uh, menus that a lot of Western restaurant uses. Mm -hmm. uh, Vietnamese, we have this. You could add garlic into it. You could add other ingredients, and and I treat this at the restaurant like a mother sauce, right? So you could do so much with it. So here it is. What we're gonna do is make the goi. So once you have that, I like to put it in here just to uh, um, you know get more flavor uh, out of the pomelo. Of the banana blossom. Of course, getting rid of all the water. The and next then, day? And then at the restaurant, we have these colossal prawns that, yes, you do. Uh, that we uh, grill. So, uh, what I did, I was poaching in this little uh, this liquid of uh, lemongrass, ginger, um, and then citrus. Mm. Wow. And then, what That's we're going to do is clean it. And do you think this is one of the dishes that you might be serving at Meals on Wheels? Maybe. 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 <laughs> um, I'm going to, I mean, am we allowed to sit in a section? Can I just like, <laughs> can I just lean that way? Because that sounds amazing. I am so excited that you're in the showroom showing us this dish. These are all ingredients that... We've never seen before. I, right? I've seen a few of them, but not a lot of them. And right. I, I have to tell you that you are inspiring me. Yeah? Mm. Yes. So, so Vietnamese, so again, we, we're going to put all these herbs in there, uh, and I'm going to cut it up. We had a young man come in and ask if he could um, try out the prep. So I put him in the kitchen with my two lead cooks, and at the end of the day, I thanked him very much, and I sat down with the two guys, and I said, so let's talk about this. Uh, uh, one simple tool that I mm -hmm. always tell everyone to have is this mandolin, and of course, it's very sharp, and be careful with it, but a lot of you know, times you shave... Um, radish and it's so easy to just like shave it right here if you were to do different cuts with it score it already mm. and if you don't have the teeth attachment and you always should use the guard on it he's not using it but there's a little guard yeah. you, put on you always guard. have you could always you? get different cuts so radish yeah. in there just to get some more texture and color but you see uh, Vietnamese food is so like fresh yeah fresh yeah. and uh, full of texture killing me yeah. look at that not to try to one up you dude but I would serve that in the banana leaf ooh that's true yes, yes. that's it replate <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look at that And then we always, you know, we fry our own garlic and uh, yeah. shallot at the restaurant. But then this mix is that we take uh, jasmine rice that is already being cooked. We dry it out and then puff it and add it on. So that way you have a I need to know about that texture. puffing situation. Yeah. It's really very easy. After you dry it out, you lay it out overnight. And when it dries and then you pick it up and you drop it in some and, oil. Yeah. Ah. Beautiful. We have a turbo chef I've been here I'm going to introduce you yeah. to you later. You're going to love Boom. it. Boom. Look at that. That's it. Wow. Just quick. You can do this at home. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Ty, you are so, so inspirational and motivating and passionate. And You're kind. So passionate. Yeah. And Thank loving. You. All those things. And caring. And all the things you want out of a chef who's feeding you because you ingest him organically. Mm -hmm. Everything good about him is in that dish, and then we take you in. I'm going to tell you that while you were here on my cutting board, I was thinking to myself that I'm so glad that you're 
in the space yeah. Yeah. doing what you do because the next thing I prepare is going to be even better because yeah. of your presence Thank here today. Thank you Amen. so much. Thank you so much. All um, right. You are going to see great things come out of the Meals on Wheels event, the gala that we're going to be hosting for Ina and Chef. I am so excited that you're going to be featured. And I think we should try the dish. I think so. I mean, is there, yeah, I'm not hungry. You're oh. not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting here. Is there yeah. a fork? Is there uh, some chopsticks? I mean, what do we do? It's not my kitchen. I'm trying to find it. You know what? <laughs> you know what? what? We're going to get back to yeah. you guys. Yeah, thanks, 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 for, thanks for stopping by today. And we can't wait to see you guys at the gala. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you. Thank you. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. <laughs> Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.